Welcome back to Dawson Dudes. Tonight we bring you Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Hurricane. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. We're those Dawson guys. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not the Dawson guys. We're the Dawson Dudes. (laughs) You said it already. Yeah. Is it more proper noun or like a... No, no. That's what we are. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're the Dawson dudes. It's called branding. All right. It's called yeah, branding. It's called branding. <laughs> Tonight we bring you uh, Hurricane. Uh, personally, one of my favorite episodes, uh, not only in season one, but in the entire show, I believe. Because you hate Gail. <laughs> I do hate Gail. It's about time she got her comeuppance. Well, spoiler alert. Uh, so this episode opens... Well, if they're listening to this, we would hope they've already seen the episode. Yeah. We're all coming to this having seen the episode, and that's what we're discussing. And if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the episode, that's your bad. Yeah. Then this entire thing will be a spoiler because we're explicating the episode. And not in any sort of uh, well-formed narrative. Just kind of how it comes to us. Yeah. Well, you want a well-formed narrative? Go back to school. Study Dawson's Creek. So episode five, Hurricane, begins as uh, the pattern is growing with many of the early season episodes in Dawson's room as Dawson and Joey uh, watch a movie. Uh, my first thoughts here were there's a really creepy portrait of Steven Spielberg very close to Dawson's bed. Which also includes a uh, like a creepy eyeless uh, baby baby head. It looks more like an altar than, a, uh, than just a picture of uh, Steven Spielberg. There's also a giant grasshopper on his TV. <laughs> That's uh, grasshopper. That's what Velociraptor. No, no. On the TV. TV. Oh, this is, uh, they're talking about um, wanting to watch either uh, The Poseidon Adventure or Towering Inferno. Inferno. Which one would you pick? Oh, uh, Poseidon Adventure. Really? Yeah. Towering Inferno is a better movie. Oh, but like this, like. The absurdity of a boat that flipped over? um, Yeah, that, seeing uh, Leslie Nielsen be the captain of a ship. Seeing the, uh, you know, seeing uh, um, uh, what's his name, who got uh, Mikhail's Navy, not be the captain of a ship. Uh, Tom Arnold. No, not the, not that Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, that and like just the idea of uh, tsunamis uh, freak me the fuck out, and so I'm automatically more at, uh, more apt to uh, be, um, like intrigued by a movie that features them. Tsunamis freak you out? Yeah. Like, actively? Yeah. Like, you think about it a lot? Not, like, a lot, but, like, when I do think about it, it freaks me out. What's well, not a lot? Daily? Is that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, any, um, uh, a weird phenomenon is that, like, anytime I have a dream where I'm near the ocean, it ends with a giant tsunami. Like, and a then deep I wake impact? Up. Yeah, exactly. Basically. That's the Elijah Wood Yeah, but what about the acceptance of it? No, no, without the acceptance, it, it scares the shit out of me <laughs> every time. It's an inferior movie to uh, Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. It's because they tried to rely on uh, star power. Morgan Freeman's the <laughs> No, Morgan Freeman. There's like a lot of famous, uh, like Elijah Wood, uh, that girl that was in Traffic, I think. Taylor No. Who's the girl? No. Um. Oh, it's um, Helen Hunt Light. Hunts and Twister, which they watched already just now. No, it's, they just uh, finished Twister. Twister's a great uh, movie. It's that girl who looks like Helen Hunt. Taylor Jodie Foster. No, the young one. She was in uh, uh, that Kubrick movie with uh, Tom Cruise. Eyes wide shut. Yeah, 
What's her name? Nicole Kidman? No. Anyhow, moving on. Uh, Dawson and Joey watched uh, Twister in uh, what I assume is preparation for the um, the impending disaster because the next day debate Poseidon Adventure versus Towering Inferno. I stand on the Towering Inferno side. Chris is a uh, Poseidon Adventure. Lily Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. Got it. Lily Sobieski. But also, Towering Inferno, it's like, that's not a natural disaster. That's a good point. Thank you. It's like, it's the it's which one's not like the other. It's like Twister, it's a bunch of fucking Twisters. Uh, Poseidon Adventure, that's a, that's a tsunami. Towering Inferno, burning a building. That's not a, that's not Twister's a, really good. Twister is really, really good. I didn't say anything bad about Twister. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Poseidon Adventure versus... Uh, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. Bill Paxton, both rest in peace. Man. Jeez. Find out Helen Hunt's dead. My, really, my heart's going to be broken. I had a huge uh, crush I think on Paul Reiser's going to feel... <laughs> I had a huge crush on uh, Mad About You, Helen Hunt. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? I like Helen Hunt, too. Uh, yeah, I don't dislike Helen I Hunt. I loved Mad About You. I love Mad About You. Mad About You <laughs> was a very good show. Very, like... In when people do their, you know, thinking back to like '90s shows, yeah. everybody talks about like Seinfeld and Friends and shit. Mad about you. It's a really good show. Roseanne coming back. Not a New York show, but close enough. Yeah, but it said '90s. Yeah, '90s. '90s. Full house. You think they'll go to Disneyland again? Disney World. Roseanne. I love those episodes. Anytime anybody on on those ABC shows went to Disneyland, <laughs> how, even how, though it was just a giant commercial for Disneyland. How are we gonna get you there? How are we gonna get you there? All right, focus. We've got our two uh, main characters here deciding on their movies, debating 70s disaster films. But uh, so a hurricane is approaching, so I decided to check in on the weather and who does the weather, but uh, Gail and Bob. Gail and Bob. Why don't they watch any movies like of their time ever? I guess Twister. That's of their time. Right? There's screen posters everywhere. Yeah, Twist- yeah. yeah Twister is a new at movie. This, yeah, at this point, they're twist- always watching like a classic film. Well, be- uh, I-, I think it's uh, uh, to illustrate that um dawson's not dawson's a, a fr- dawson's a uh dawson thinks about things like it's like a throwback he's like uh cl- he thinks about things classically you know misogynistically <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's, he's his perspective is coming from uh, a bygone era he's and he's kind of uh perhaps refusing to accept um you know the world as it is did we just have another breakthrough about dawson Seems well, I mean, like I just schooled have. you about Dawson, if that's what you mean. <laughs> so Gail and Bob are uh, doing their reporting. Dawson, uh, reasonably upset as a awkward broadcast. Everybody well, at the station must know. He says, like, it's so obvious, but he didn't know. Yeah. I mean, he's he's watched him on TV, like, countless Every times. night. But Every it does, night. It does make sense that everybody who works there would know, because the sound guy clearly knew from last week's episode. You know what's kind of weird? You know how he said he jacked off to Katie Couric in yeah. the morning? Uh-huh. And she's, like, a news anchor? Oh, his like mom it's like is a, a news anchor, it's like, like an Oedipus kind of thing, <laughs> like an Oedipal thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of weird that like when they turn off the uh, when he turns off the uh, twister that it's on that station. Like you figure once you figure out that your mom is banging her co-anchor, like maybe your seven o'clock news comes from like CBS rather than the CBS affiliate rather than whatever uh, Gail and Bob are on. I feel like it's implied that there's like one channel for some reason. Like, Cape Side exists in the late 90s in a remote area, but it also exists in a weird, like, Pleasantville time warp. Got it. So there's, there is no, uh, there is no, um, other option for your evening news. You listen to the radio. Ugh. Oh, man, in the 90s, I used to listen to the radio all the time. Love line. So, 
We have Dawson becoming, you know, visibly unhinged to the side of his mother and her lover uh, flirting on camera. And um, uh, his, his mother like a- and their lover doing their job on camera. Yeah, but it's a little bit dirty, isn't it? They just want to stay in bed together all day. Wouldn't you? Seems like a boring job. <laughs> like everyone knows what the weather is. Look outside. Dawson's like ranting and raving a little bit in this scene, you know, but he does that a lot. And this seems uh, like uh, one of the more reasonable times for his... Uh, Upset yeah. nature. Yeah, this is definitely this is definitely one of those times where he's like, you know what, Dawson's right. <laughs> and Joey, like Joey, just like has no patience for him in general because he's always whining. But in this time, she really doesn't have any patience for him. Yeah, man, you have to deal with this. And she says your life is a hurricane. I think I think she's just mad that he decides rather than watch another movie, he uh, makes her leave. <laughs> I think she really wanted to watch Poseidon Adventure. Well, it is movie night, and they always watch more than one movie on movie night. Yeah. Quote the Raven. And so now and so now that she's like, you know, now that he's like, you know what? Go home. And, and I, she's like, I want to watch fucking I want to watch fucking Beside Adventure. What they, don't have the, they don't have the internet. Yeah. So what's she going to do when she gets home? Journal. Talk to Bodie. Bodie, did you get a job yet? He works at the Ice House. <laughs> and yeah. he works at that French restaurant. Yeah, she should be asking his si- her sister whether or not she got a job today. She works at the Ice House and... Helps out with that French restaurant. They own the ice house, don't oh, yeah. they? Great. So everybody's got a job. <laughs> Literally, because they're poor. They all have like they all have to have, have jobs. Yeah. That's how it is, John, when you're poor. Yeah. You yeah. don't know. You're not from the other side of the creek. <laughs> the, the wrong not, side of the creek. You're not the working poor. Regardless of the fact that Joey really wanted to watch the Poseidon Adventure, she's not being so supportive before Dawson in this scene. It's kind of rough. Um, I think they like blew their budget on this episode because they got REM. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that establishing shot is how you know that like Cape Side is real freaked out about this hurricane because it's the end of the world. Yeah, so you know it. they're really uh, no symbolism in the music here. This is this is some real uh, real uh, the award uh, for the most head. most on the nose music. But it's also the only song that's recognizable in the episode. It's like we need to make a point. And there's so some I, I real feel like they blew their budget on the REM song. Right. There's a couple of. Uh, Moments in this episode and the last one where it's like just weird 90s motifs happen where like it's just dreary grunge music as one yeah. of the characters walks and uh, which like, makes me wonder I don't is it original music the DVDs are they have to like why would the DVD producer be like and we got a uh, we got to front some extra cash to get REM and, no I'm and, saying that REM is the original song and to do the DVDs maybe they like. Oh, like they had to make for that one, and then the other ones, they were like, we'll just put other music behind it, because I don't know any of the other songs. And you had your finger on the pulse of fucking 90s music in the 90s. But you would imagine they were playing, like, radio songs. Right. Yeah. Like Radiohead. Nah. I've always kind of wondered about this show, too. It's like, are none of of them listen to music? Well, they they do. Like, nobody, they can't play music, otherwise they have to pay for it. Well, I mean, the characters, they listen to music. It's like, Well, it's not interesting watching somebody listen, like, to, listen music. to music. Well, I mean, that was the integral part of, like, uh, say, like, the OC or something. But it know? was also, like, pre-iPod, right? So, like, what do you want? They just carry Discmans around? <laughs> Isn't that what you did? That's what I did. Well, yeah, but that, and, like, on, on TV, like, there's no visual element to that unless you go see, like, a show it's like or watching whatever. somebody read a book. That's not yeah. interesting. They do that in the show. Watch somebody read a book in this show? You know, that like while like perched in a picture window, like a breakfast nook? They also do that shit in Gilmore Girls. I think if you like see somebody hearing music, you have to play it. And then, because it's just weird. Because you're just silence. So you have to play the music they're listening to. Then you have to pay for the music they're listening to. 
Then it's just like, what are you going to just like watch, like watch somebody listen to music and they're just like, <clears throat> like make emotional faces. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like none of them have like, aside from Dawson and his weird filmmaking hobby, which is like a very intense hobby to have. None of them are into anything. Yeah, they are. Not in this. Not in this. this. Not cur- we don't know currently, but they are. They do. Well, have Pacey's, hobbies. Pacey's into banging his teacher. <laughs> uh, Jen, Jen is into being spurned by uh, her uh, pious boyfriend. And like we know, Joey is an artist. Later on. Wait, what? <laughs> well, it's it's you know what? It's nice to know that Joey has an interest, other than just kind of like, why doesn't anybody in this city find me attractive? <laughs> Which is, I mean, a question for the ages, really. Uh, so shit's bad. R.E.M. is playing. Everybody's setting up for the hurricane. <laughs> I thought was interesting about this scene is that like Mitch and Gail finally acknowledge uh, Graham's living next door to them. Right. Yeah. What does he call her? Mrs. Mrs. Ryan. Mrs. Ryan. Yeah. When she comes over, she is such a bitch. <laughs> I know. Like the first that like, she's the like first... I don't need to be here. I've lived through so many hurricanes. And then and then she's and then she's like, if the Lord wants to blow my house away, that's fine with me. It's just like shit, man. <laughs> go home then. Then go the then go the fuck home and blow it away with your house. Way to flip off the Lord for give, uh, for you know giving you this house to live in for so many uh, so many decades. And then it's just like, well, fuck this house. If it goes away, that's fine. It's like shit, Mrs. Ryan. But this is the also the point where uh, Dawson kind of lets his mom know that he knows what's going on. Gail finally puts it together. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not really being that coy. It's it's a weird way of my like, dad. <laughs> Anytime you refer to like your father as my, my dad to your mom, and then just like big upping him. My dad's awesome, right? Yeah. Instead of just like dad is awesome. Well, and then making a really weird sexual innuendo about Bob too. It's like yeah, Bob's on top of it. Ugh, Dawson, it's weird. It's like it, it means your mother's vagina. <laughs> Bob's the anchor man. Hurricane Bob. Well, oh, oh, also, uh, awesome to uh, have an, uh, a hurricane be named after me. Hurricane Chris, that's true. <laughs> Big day for you. Whoopie whoop. <laughs> they name him after everybody. <laughs> right, but this time, specifically, named after myself. Nice to be a part of history. Fictional history. <laughs> I'm sure there's been like a real Hurricane Chris at some point. Probably, if you look that up. They used to call me back in my boxing days. Bob so what, what I find <laughs> interesting about this episode, particularly, I think as we're starting to see in the next scene where... Uh, Pacey's out helping uh, his brother, cop Doug, Doug, putting signs up and doing lifeguardy cop things on small towns. A lot of unlikely Matt pairings in this episode of characters just being forced to hang out with each other. Also, this is the beginning of like the homophobic like remarks against Doug that permeates throughout the whole show. And it's wait, like, so so that then, so that doesn't end. No, because like I was a, I was it's a, it's a running joke, and it's like. We have to remember that this is like 1996. I think it's 98. 98? There hasn't been... Has Ellen kissed her like... Like when did Ellen come out? Is that the question? Yeah. No, like when did she kiss the lady on her show? Yeah. Uh, Probably around this time. It was Laura Dern. Wait, it was Laura Dern? Yeah. You know. Laura or Lauren? Yeah. Laura or Lauren? Laura. Who the fuck is Laura Dern? Lauren (laughs) Dern. Laura Dern is. You don't know who Laura Dern is? You don't know who Laura Dern is? She's in Jurassic Park. She's a blonde one. The one who looks, the one who looks like Helen Hunt? She doesn't look like Helen Hunt. I mean, she's Her face blonde. is longer. She was in Inland Empire. David Lynch movie. Three hours long. She's in Blue Velvet, wasn't she? Oh, so the David one, Lynch movie. Okay, April 97. So yes, but we haven't had the first gay kiss on television. Oh, dudes? Yeah, because that happens on Dawson's Creek later on. <laughs> but it's good to know that, that, that the... Uh, the hey, you're gay thing keeps happening. I was tired of it by the end of this scene. Yeah, I mean, it's a different time. No, we weren't yeah. woke yet. 
I no, I I get I get why it's they think it's okay to to do. I'm just saying. I probably found it was funny back in the day. I don't know. I don't remember listening with 2017 ears. I'm just like, all right, all right. Yeah, he's gay. He's not really gay. And it's like this is how brothers talk, you know. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stereotypes in this uh, this conversation about Doug, Barbara Streisand, Les Mis, a lot of soundtrack stuff. I got Hamilton tickets, by the way. <laughs> and I bought Hamilton tickets. Did you really get Hamilton tickets? Yeah. Is it going to be in Salt Lake City? No, for L.A. Oh, geez. So it turns out that uh, the whole world is coming over to Dawson's house throughout the hurricane, and his is apparently hurricane-proof house. And it's kind of implied because we're at before that though this weird like circumcision discussion that's going on at joey's house yeah that, yeah they cut that they cut to this? i do oh yeah like what's going on here they're discussing why what? is this like part of the show well they're having a baby in case you didn't remember and i know but like right but like how like they spend like five minutes like this doesn't move the plot forward or anything like this seems like a discussion that should have been in like the next up ep- either the next episode or the previous episode it's like it it's it just feels like it's extra and whatever the point of it was supposed to be it gets subsumed by the rest of the goings-on so that like it ju- it just seems like out of place kevin williamson's one of those forest kicking reconstruction guys <laughs> does it he he did his himself <laughs> Yeah, um I mean like I get the idea I get the idea of the debate. It just it just seems weird yeah. now. It's just like awkward in the middle of like the show. By the way, yeah. <laughs> I think it was all part of like the Dawson's Creek being like the edgy kids show. It's like a real thing that like people have to talk about. We'll use words like foreskin and circumcision and people will be uncomfortable just like when Dawson and Joey sleep in the same bed together and they talk about other things. Or maybe Graham, they say penis. Maybe they put it like right after the uh, hey du- the five minutes of hey Doug you're gay <laughs> to be like <laughs> to uh, be like listen we still got some progressive vibes we're still you know we're still discussing stuff like it was a uh... also Miss Jacobs lives on the beach how much do they pay her <laughs> I think it's implied she rents right still still that's a lot of, like she literally lives on the beach yeah like what fucking teacher lives on the beach like unless she got like a fat fat like stacks of uh like alimony from leaving her uh husband he is a wall street uh yeah she's living in the manner that she's become accustomed to i don't know i don't know how uh divorce court works in new york yeah that's the only thing i can think of or she killed the lady who actually lives in this (laughs) house and is uh is just living there herself it seems like uh doug is like doug aware of tammy as pacey is taking the call on her now like he just shows up and is like in the plot now what do you mean well, like, you know, it's, Pacey, like, sneaks away to go see his illicit girlfriend, and then all of a sudden, Doug is just there. No, because Doug is, is he's putting those things on the beach, those signs, and those markers. But he just go up to a stranger's house? And then, well, he's a, he's... He's there, he's working with he's Pacey the, and him are working together. He's the police in a town of, like, 5,000 people. Yeah, like, go like, wherever you want. Like, he's helping out. <laughs> you live like a king when you're, when you're the cop for a 5,000. It's essentially, like, him and his dad, or, like, the, like Andy Griffith and... Barty Fife, you know, it's like, <laughs> like they, that's it. That's this is the whole town. They do everything. Man, what if Barney Fife had like a younger brother to call, and the younger brother was calling him gay all the time? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like people are already giving Barney Fife shit. <laughs> He's just got like his little brother going like, and another thing. It was Opie. <laughs> Andy, Opie's being mean to me. Oh, Barn. He's just fun here a little bit. Fun. He just knows you're a little sideways. It's <laughs> probably what they called it, like back in the fifties. Oh, uh, Joshua Jackson angry face is pretty good. He thinks his girlfriend's trying to. He thinks his brother's trying to steal his girlfriend. Well, think about it. If she likes Pacey and he's fifteen, what about the twenty-five-year-old version of Pacey? Yeah, Dougie. How is this a twenty-five-year-old version of Pacey? Well, I mean, 
not in like personality, but like if they're brothers. Yeah, he's just he's just another uh, what the fuck's Pacey or what's Pacey's last name? Witter. The older Witter. He's got a job. <laughs> it's an adult. <laughs> an adult. Got a gun. He's and he's not gay. And if you don't and if you don't correct that, he will brandish his firearm at you until you do. So this episode basically pops back and forth to uh, two different storylines. There are the goings on at Dawson's house, and then the goings on between Pacey Duggan, Tamara. And now we're on the scene of the Gail Mitch interaction, where uh, you know Grams is like the Gail Mitch interaction, the Grams Mitch interaction, where Grandma Ryan's like, "How do I give a fuck? Let it blow away. Not coming. <laughs> don't mate me. I don't care about you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself." Okay, so it says it also raises the point. Here that oh i heard your grandfather's back in the hospital is he just in a coma at the house yeah 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 she's a certified nurse but aren't there isn't there medical equipment that's required for that but she's a certified nurse and you can get that medical equipment they just they drop that shit off at your house yeah also i don't know if he's in a coma or he's sleepy yeah (laughs) who knows (laughs) but it's just like when you're that sick where you might be in a coma or whatever like you're not gonna spend a lot of time just like awake because fuck it and they had to mention it because otherwise you'd be like wait where do you guys just leave gramps in the house (laughs) (laughs) if that house blows away with gramps in it don't give a shit We'll finally get that insurance money, Jennifer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you made her more snidely whiplash than I was going for, but well played. Yeah, that th- I think that was more of a, a head count thing than yeah. anything. You know, Gr- uh, Grams may not appreciate being invited over away from the hurricane, but uh, you know, she's not a monster. She's got Gramps accounted for, safe and sound at the hospital while she's going over to the house with everybody else in it. So like Dawson's like still mad at Jen. Indeed, Dawson's uh, doing the Law and Order move of like this person's trying to talk to me. No, I got to keep doing stuff the whole time so it seems like i'm busy wait how's that a law and order thing you know when when a cop comes up to like oh and they're just just like doing like the bartender and he can't stop cleaning glasses for some reason (laughs) oh yeah came in here a couple weeks ago right like real short fella that's why i remembered him but but i can't can't stop doing my work to talk to a police officer that does happen though because in the episodes where it's like they're moving concrete hey stop for a second you know if my supervisor sees me i'm off I'm i'm on probation how about we take you downtown to see how that does with your probation Fine. Fine iced tea. Yeah. I don't know. I'm only Yo. interviewing you about a murder. Why would you give me five minutes? Yeah. Like, like everybody's supervisor's like, hey, did you stop working for 30 seconds to talk to that cop? You're out. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got uh, we've got uh, Jen and Dawson. Uh, Dawson, as Jen points out, you're being cold to me, and um, him basically being cold to her. Dawson, a doofus like you has got two real cute girls who are like willing to spend their time with you and being all about you and shit, and you're which a... ju- which just goes to illustrate yeah, but how one of them's a whore. How full of <laughs> Capeside must be so full of scrubs if like this dude. Yeah, there's Cliff. Yeah, and that's it. It's it's Cliff. It's Dawson. It's Doug, hey, it's Pacey, Pacey, and that's it. Yeah. You know, next to the uh, the article that describes how the teacher left town because she was uh, having sex with the student, there's going to be an article was, turns out high school quarterback actually 29 years old, and that's what happens to Cliff. He's, uh, he's one of those Dominican kids. <laughs> he comes back. Is there more Cliff? There's more Cliff. Awesome. I, I think like Cliff. So. Wearing them dad jeans. Everybody wore dad jeans. They were just called people jeans. Like <laughs> just, they were just jeans then. No, I yeah. think Dawson rocks more of the uh, wide leg style. You oh, know? maybe. Sure. Not quite Jankos. Is that like uh, a loop to put your hammer in? Carpenter, carpenter <laughs> yeah. pants. Oh, yeah, your mid-90s, not quite Jankos, but they're definitely uh, a lot of leg room. You know, you're working pants for all the working you do. You wore a wider pant back then. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody well, skated. A wider pant and a tighter shirt. It's gone the other way now. No, the the shirts were still big. Well, yeah, mid-90s. Like early 2000s. No, oh, we're in the mid-90s. We're in this. In this. In the well, late 90s. Late 90s, 98. So. 
everyone's over in Dawson's living room. And Grams is real racist. Real racist. And are they, are they all sleeping in one room, though? No, I see. What the, one of the things is, I can't tell if, like, the Learys have a big house or a small house. Because, like, they keep running into each other. But their house looks pretty big. But then this is also, it's the same house that last week, the last episode where Pacey is up uh, in Dawson's room tearing it apart looking for a tape and no one hears it. Well, the, it seems like the Learys are a little bit self-possessed people. You it kind of feels like it's like a two-bedroom house. <laughs> it's a lot of hallways. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they let a black person into it and uh, Grams is not having it. And what's with Gail like just not caring? Like Gail doesn't give a fuck. She's sitting on the stairway talking to her lover. This is a house full of people. Right. And the one place she found to talk on the phone to her lover is a stairway in the house. <laughs> not in a room or in a bathroom, just on the stairway. Anyway, so yeah, full ha- we, we got a full house at the Leary's. And Gail doesn't give a fuck. Gail doesn't give a fuck. Grams is racist. Doesn't even want to talk. Doesn't, he, doesn't even acknowledge Bodie's existence. How's that okay? So Gail goes to, uh, you know, confront Dawson. We're not confront Dawson, but trying to like, explain herself. Yeah, it's not so much a confrontation. We'd be like, listen, I'm fucking Bob. I'm going to tell you all about it and why. There's a reason. Uh, yeah, like we stated earlier, this is one of the episodes where, um, aside from Dawson being like a grammar Nazi while they're having a very serious conversation. Also, he, also uh, uh, real quick, he's incorrect. Uh, it's a poorly constructed sentence, but as it is constructed, Bob and me is uh, grammatically correct. All right. You just take the word Bob out and yeah. then you say the sentence and if it was correct with me or I. Yeah, and that sentence is correct with just me. I guess that's probably why the o- this is the only time we see Dawson doing a, a little grammar check on anybody. Yeah, I want to see this boy's report card. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, this is one of the this episode has a handful of times when Dawson is uh, his anger is his anger is understood. Yeah, his mom's being kind of terrible, and then really like trying to explain it to him. But it's funny how Dawson in self righteous mode can be so irritating that even though he's on the even though he's like on the right end of this, I'm still I'm still kind of like eh, I don't think that's Dawson. I think that's just like when you're like a child. Sure, the children are just yeah. I just don't like, I, don't, I don't like yeah. I was like I probably wouldn't like any sixteen year old. Yeah, because he has no perspective. Yeah, but wants to talk all poetic like he's got perspective. Right, but that's all children. But Dawson makes a good point to Gail here when she's trying to explain to him. He's like, "Why are you talking to the wrong person? Why are you trying to explain this?" to me yeah but he's the one that knows it's true and it's good don't tell your father anything he doesn't know yet (laughs) yeah like uh, i don't want to have that conversation yet that's why it's also good practice you know it's like this is mitch's son like let's let me float some of this rationale by you see how it works see how it flies before i uh try it on the real thing if i gotta unless you keep your fucking trap shut but you really see dawson's like uh idealism ringing real loud here and like uh you can tell that his uh his little world is coming all i don't know if it's idealism nobody wants their their mom to cheat on their dad that's true but he like lays out a bunch of poetic stuff there you know your mate your better half and dawson 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 well he's a blowhard he is a blowhard but it's just like but he really uh takes it out on jen here you know i it feels like uh grams wouldn't allow jen to like get away like this you know what do you mean like out of her sight yeah and like just up in dawson's room waiting on him you know what happens in bedrooms with boys well fucking grant grams is uh grams is in the middle of not giving a fuck <laughs> well grams is pissed about the black man that she has his like sit yeah. next to she's bu- she's busy being angry about miscegenation she doesn't have time to be you know keeping an eye on jen yeah, how much do you want to bet at some point during the uh the hurricane time does it, like, grams ever ask mitch 
Mitch and Gail, uh, so which one of the toys are we having Bodhi use and which one am I going to use? Yeah, he calls her a whore, essentially. There's a lot of slut You would know. Down. You're a whore. You would defend my mom. She's a whore, She's too. A whore. Come, yeah, what are you guys? There's a bunch of whores together? Two of the most important women of my life. Just fucking whores, both of them. And he doesn't even understand like why that would get, make her upset. Well, yeah, because... He's just like, I'm just saying. Dawson's one of those dudes who's like, you can't be mad. I'm right. <laughs> why, why don't you just accept Why don't you just accept my evaluation of everything? Like Joey's in the closet, just like always. <laughs> just, just hang out in the closet. It's like, how does any how does anyone have a comfortable fight anywhere? Somebody's lurking in your. Well, closet. that's what I mean. I don't know if their house is big or how their house is small because it's like there's always people around. Maybe it's big and people are just always around because it's so big that it makes it's people like uncomfortable. So they have to on be the like, OC. They had a mansion, but they only had two rooms and a pool house and a pool house, but they had a like. They had like a six thousand square feet home. No, they had a spare bedroom too. No, they did it because yes, no, did. because when people came over, they would stay in the pool house. In the pool house, and with Seth Ryan. and Ryan would stay together in the same room. Are you sure at one point they didn't have like Ryan? Didn't they get in trouble and they like had him move into the guest bedroom? No, Seth. Like whenever anybody came over to stay. Seth and Ryan would always have to stay together in the same room. Well, that's so that they can show Ryan on the floor uh, wearing uh, his, like, wife beater and looking like a, a badass and Seth in his pajamas. Wait, so where did Trey sleep? Trey, Trey slept in the pool house. Oh, and Ryan slept with with Seth. So Joey's trying to, like, cheer him up, talking about Jaws and all this kind of thing. And then just... <laughs> here's, know, the shit, here's the shit you like. <laughs> but then, you know, Dawson's upset, and she just turns on him so hard. Well, I mean, it's Joey's thing is to drop the mom card. That's her thing. Yeah, it's, I mean... Yeah, I don't have a mom. How like, can you be mad at your mom? It's like, I don't even I, have a mom. Yeah, and it's like that's that untenable position where it's just like, I know you don't have a mom, but I can still be mad at mine. It cuts close to home because Joey's dad cheated on her mom. Right. So it makes more sense that she did you drop know, this. Yeah, but for a character like Dawson who we're constantly lampooning from being like super self-obsessed, Joey makes a lot of situations about her pretty often, pretty quickly. Well, she actually says, but this isn't about me. It's Dawson. She actually says, this is all about Dawson. Isn't, isn't it all about about Dawson in this scenario, though? It's this creek. Yeah. It's not about you, Joey. I'm just sorry. Although, like, with Dawson, isn't it a little bit of crying wolf? Or it's just like everything is such a big fucking emergency uh, for him, and so by the time we get to this point where what he's complaining about is some is like on some real shit, Joey's a little bit maybe fatigued. But from compared to, to Joey's stuff. life, I'm poor. My mom died of cancer. My dad cheated on her while he, she was dying. He is a drug mule. <laughs> He's and not a drug mule. He just had a Walmart truck full of marijuana. <laughs> in her world, like, her life is way harder. She doesn't complain half as much as Dawson. Right. But she sure is about twice as unpleasant as Dawson is most well, of the time. Well, her life sucks. <laughs> imagine sucks, being 15 man. and all this, sh- like, your mom dies. Just imagine your mom dies of cancer at, like, 12. That's like, en- that's, like, shitty. enough right there. Yeah, like, and you're, like, the most attractive person in town, <laughs> and nobody knows. <laughs> you know how frustrating that must be? I'm pretty goddammit! Next transition, you know, Bodie's just trying to talk to her about food, because that's a thing Bodie knows about, and... Yeah, we could bond it, on food. It's like, like, don't touch Bodie's my food. A chef. I mean, it, it implies that he is, like, trained in some way, but... Yeah, like I mean, Grant he, says, I like, of course I know more about cooking than you. I'm I, an old white lady. I think it was insinuated that he, like, worked in, like, New York City kitchen. Uh, maybe. Because they do that whole thing about, like... Where, like, she asked about, like, that restaurant. I mean, yeah, Gail's being, like, real douche and trying to explain herself to people. And Joey gives her, like, a real stick Joey burn here. I mean, it goes back to, like, she keeps explaining things to people. The wrong people. The wrong people. Children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She keeps trying to explain herself to children. Even no matter how great her 
explanation is. It's like, at 15, your son's not going to understand what you're trying to tell him. Yeah. Yeah, like, th- and then his best friend, whose dad cheated on her mom while she her mom was dying of cancer, is also not going to really understand the complexity of marriage. Yeah, and if, there's, like, if there's one thing fifteen year olds have, it's not a gift for nuance. So Joey burns Gail pretty bad, you know. But uh, I think it's just showing her being a very protective of Dawson because the entire time that she's known about Gail running around on Mitch, uh, every she's kind of gotten in Gail's face a couple times. She also burns Dawson pretty good too. That's true, but like, she's like pretty good. Must selfish, must run in the family. Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> I don't like the Leary's at all right now. <laughs> well, he said, yeah, yeah. Both of you both deserve my wrath. You selfish dick. My mom died of cancer. It's like she should go just like talk to Mitch. Like maybe Mitch will care about me. Well, Mitch is great. So we get back to Tamara's house where another forced plot point is happening. See, like the the introduction of uh, Doug to complicate this just seems ugh, Doug. Well, number one, I don't give a shit about Doug. Fuck Doug. Number two, <laughs> <laughs> damn, what you, you barely know Doug exactly, and it's just like all of a sudden he's all up in my grill as like the, the fucking the third piece of this weird triangle. No, because if they didn't put Doug there, when you cut to that scene, they would just be fucking. So then you don't cut to that, and I don't, I don't gotta have a fucking tomorrow fucking Pacey scene. No, but then you'll be like, I wonder where Pacey's at. They're fine. They're with, uh, they're with. Uh, uh, Graham's husband. The hospital? <laughs> the hospital, yeah. Hunkering down. Yeah. They ended up at the hospital and she's like, you gotta stay here. There's a hurricane coming. That's also implied here. You're like, they have to... Why are they still at her house? Well, like, she Doug, says, did... like, thanks for staying. Uh, wonder... I was scared. Oh, uh, I feel like Doug... Which like, is, like, off... really weird. Why would she want her 15-year-old lover and his police officer brother to stay? Because she was scared. <laughs> this is not a good situation. Well... I think we've established uh, through every episode preceding this that Tamara is not a good decision maker. Well, she's living a cycle of abuse, and now she's perpetrating that abuse on a 50-year-old boy. That's the cycle. we got to break the cycle. She'd just now be getting out of prison probably right about now, wouldn't she? <laughs> probably. She would take a plea deal. And uh, once again, uh, Pacey has told uh, spread rumors about his brother, and it's like not even considered a big deal. He just kind of does it. It's like, that's ah, fine. Just Doug. Well... This he is spreading this uh, rumor to a woman who outs who outed her colleague not one episode ago <laughs> That's true. with uh, with nary a shrug. So you know people uh, people do not know how to deal uh, with homosexuality in 1998. They do better in the year 2000. Yeah, two short years, good for them. Right now, thumbs down. Hey man, by then Cape Side gets a music festival. They do. Yeah, Coachella third season. <laughs> it's Coachella. Cape Fest. Cape Fest. I don't remember that. What episode is that in? It's called Barefoot at Cape Fest, season three. Looking forward to Looking it. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Maybe next year, guys. Three years from now. <laughs> so that's how they. So that's how they uh, deal with music on Dawson's Creek oh. is to is to have a music festival. If only Mitch worked as hard on his restaurant idea as he does the model for his restaurant. <laughs> Maybe he would actually open a restaurant. Well, no, man. Like, the model's the thing. Like, once you get the model perfect, the rest, you know, builds itself. Like, who builds a model of the restaurant they're going to build? Well, he, look at it. It's, got, it's in, like, an old-timey scuba diver helmet. You just get an architect like, to do I that. Feel like if you're gonna, I feel like if you're going like, pitch, to, like, pitch a restaurant idea to, like, restaurant investors, you, you would have, like, a model of some kind. Especially if it's going to be, like, a weird-looking restaurant like this. Because it's it, better than being like, it's going to be like an old, <laughs> it's going to be shaped like an old timey uh, diver's helmet. You got to show people that shit. And like, this is like the absolute wrong time to bring this up, Gail. Yeah, like an entire house you have full a of ha- Yeah, house full of like 
your neighbors and friends. It's already a little bit awkward, what with the racist you invited over for dinner. There's also, like, possibility of not being able to leave. There's a circumcision debate going on. <laughs> Real dicey stuff. Like, this is not the time to bring up this. And, well, like, the part where, like, Dawson tries to leave and Gail's like, no, we're all doing this. It's like, no. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. no, like. Although it's. it's I, well, she already had the talk with him and it didn't really work out fine. And now she needs to have the talk with Mitch in private. Yeah, it's like how. There's no way of no. There's no way it's going to be a good reaction for Mitch. And it's. Does she want Dawson to see that side of her father? Or is she hoping. His father? Or is she hoping that uh, him being there is going to lessen the wrath? Well, it's, it just. It speaks to pattern that. Gail has absolutely no sense of time, place, or occasion. Where it's just like, yeah, I'll have fucking phone sex uh, on the stairwell where while everybody's in my house. Fuck that. I don't care. And so, like, it's quite possible she's not even considering any of that. It's just like, well, time to do this. She's a real throw, throw caution to the wind kind of lady. Yeah, and that one she's finally decided to out it. It's the most straightforward, descriptive... Yeah, like it was not a pull the bandaid off, uh, you know. How would you would have done it? Well, you know, there would be no Bob. (laughs) She doesn't bring up Bob. He guesses that it's Bob later on. She just says she's been having sex with another man. Of course it's Bob. (laughs) It's always been Bob. It's it's been Bob. It'll be Bob. (laughs) That's like my immediate instinct when uh, Mitch is like, it, it was, it's Bob, isn't it? Or it's like, it's Bob, isn't it? It's like, fuck it, of course it's Bob. You know, no, it's Pacey. Scene, well, that'd that that would have been a good That would have been dope. <laughs> that would have been dope. I'd have fixed this show. Uh, you know, and Gail is talking about how she wanted to be a, uh, you know, Sawyer I saw her, and then she starts, then she immediately drops down like six levels. Hey. Sally Jesse Raffin. Hey, whoa. hey, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. She had iconic glasses, my friend. I used to watch Sally Jesse Raphael. Well, of course. <laughs> what the fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Anyways. Gail. 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 She says during this uh, explanation, apology, whatever it is she's doing, that how every time she's gone, she's been fucking Bob or fucking this other man because it hasn't been said as Bob yet. She really lays it on, like, very specifically, like, the amount of days, 62 days, every time she's late, she's been fucking that dude. And it's like, shit. (laughs) Gail must fuck constantly because every time we see Gail and Mitch, they're like, about to, like, trying to fuck. Trying to fuck. She's into it. When she gives that 62 days, there's a dramatic lightning strike. She's, uh, she's one hot lady, you know? She needs it. She needs it. She wants the D. It's like, like finally a show. (laughs) She wants BD. She wants MD. Any D she could get. She's a whore. A show. (laughs) Like Jen. (laughs) They're all whores. Mitch goes kind of crazy for a second here. Again, uh, it's dope. <laughs> it's a dope scene. I love this. This is like it's a very like Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> like Rick, <laughs> he kind of goes a little nuts. He, he ricks it, ricks it a little bit. Yeah, he kind of ricks it a little bit here. Pretty great. Pretty close to punching Gail in the face. <laughs> Pretty close, but restrains himself. Yeah. But gets the, gets gets the nice like flash flashlight in the face. Don't you don't cry? You cry Gail doesn't cry. <laughs> Like, she stops. Like, she's, like, really, really afraid of Mitch right now. It's like, but it's like, Rich, or <laughs> Mitch should fucking have that moment. And he gets No, he it. deserves it. He yeah. deserves that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't, like, he doesn't. And he doesn't fucking hit her. Yeah, he doesn't you know. do anything bad. No. He deserves that fucking moment. He's probably, one, really pissed off that she did it with all these people at their house, like, in front of their son. He's probably pissed off because, like, he's in the middle of doing, like, some model shit for his <laughs> restaurant. She's interrupting that. And then she With makes this. him break it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Now he's never going to open the fucking restaurant. Yeah. It's like, if we, we could have done this, I could have been next to something more harmless, like some food or something. But no, it's my model. So I and it looked like he was model. pretty close to being done, too. Kelp no. was going to ready to see the light of day. You know, Look what else you're ruined. <laughs> I want to eat at a restaurant called Kelp. But yeah. I think another an interesting thing that we see here, too, is uh, Grams walks in. You know, she's heard a ruckus. And she discovers that someone brought the motherfucking ruckus. Well, and she discovers that white people are having a hard time. So she's very interested in helping them. But where are Bodie and uh, Bessie? Probably stealing cars. They're just like, eh, they'll take care of it. Well, she's like, well, Bessie's like, I'm pregnant. I'm not going down there. And Bodie's like, that racist white lady went down there. I'm going to stay up here. Bunch of white people running around at night. It's not good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna go down. I'm not gonna go down there and see what I can, what no I can fuck up be, in her eyes. There could be torches. And next yeah, no we thanks. see like we see the abuse that like Pacey has to go through in his everyday life. Yeah, that's and that's the other thing. Like Doug is Doug is trying to like impress fucking Tamara this whole time, and literally spends ninety percent of his speech like just talking about how shitty Pacey is. Well, he spends the other 10% being incredibly inappropriate and, like, weird question guy. It's like, hey, we're going to play Monopoly. Okay, let's play this game instead where I ask you very deep personal like, questions deep personal questions. My brother's an asshole. <laughs> Not that deep. Like, what island would you go to? Where would you go? Like, Yeah, but, I mean, like, Doug's not smooth at all. And it's like, it's not a game, you know? Uh, but I mean, this is like the 24 uh, year old equivalent of uh, let's play spin the bottle. But this is where we find out about uh, Tamara's uh, past ab- history of abuse. Husband. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Pacey tries to be a dick and like do the I'm going to jab you and say you're gay thing again. But it really kind of backfires on him when uh turns out Tamara loves Broadway musicals, too. <laughs> so we're back on that. We're back to that awkward, uh, that awkward uh, circumcision conversation, which I think is just to reiterate that, like, oh, yeah, by the way, they're pregnant. We know that they're pregnant, though. And it's, like, but it's just another thing to, like, uh, make, like, like Graham's in on the conversation one. She's like, like Graham says, like, the weirdest thing. Like, we won't gonna... know if it's going to be black or white. That's not how babies come That's out. Not, yeah. <laughs> you don't get to pick one. I thought she was a nurse. <laughs> it's not a guessing game. Like, is it going to be black or is it going to be white? It's not a b- judgment, Bodie. Just an observation. Yeah, it's a dumb observation. Yeah, like, and then she's just, like, she really, like, reads them, like, how, like, their child's going to be different. It's she's like, almost, yeah, gonna to be, other fucking weird old people like and It's going to be, like, teased by every. It's like, yeah, by the racist population of this town. Yeah, by you, old lady. <laughs> She's almost okay for a second when she says, what I object to the most is when children raise children. Because it's like, Bessie's supposed to be like 21 or something, right? No. We talked about this in like but, the first but then, episode. But then, that's, but then that's also fucking horse shit. Because she like comes from a, uh, Grams comes from a generation where people had fucking babies when they were like 18 and 19. Like that was the shit you were supposed to do. Bodie looks like he's 35. <laughs> well, he looks older than he is because he's subjected to all this fucking societal like racism and pressure. Like It takes years off of you. Also, when they kill the first Bodie and put him in, of course that's going to put some years on you, you know? Yeah, I'm I scared. mean, I always thought of Betsy as like 25. Also, 21? That's not a child. Yeah, you're not a child anymore. It's like, don't fucking, don't, de- don't deflect Grams, you racist asshole. <laughs> and it's just like this fucking hard, this hard... You know, hardcore like old people wisdom based on a world that doesn't exist. Yeah, this seems really nice. I want to go sit out in the balcony during a hurricane. This seems really dangerous. That too. Okay, like, so I remember here. Hearing- the house is boarded up, and yet you're in the one space. 
Well, being in the car where like Mitch is right now, awkwardly in this scene, is even more dangerous. Yeah, like a tree could fall on him. Or yeah, but Mitch is piss. Mitch, Mitch doesn't give pissed. a. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch would would welcome a tree falling on that yeah. car. You know, I remember uh, hearing uh, either it was a deleted scene or something that was originally in the script. Where at this point, when Jen and Joey are outside, uh, kind of bonding over how shitty Dawson is and just like life being hard. That at one point it was going to have them share a cigarette outside. Cool. I'd like to see that. You know, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> well, you look cool when you smoke. It's true. Yeah. In the 90s, it was still kind of That's okay. why nobody looks cool vaping. <laughs> like you're blowing a robot. <laughs> Just smoke a cigarette, you fucking pussies. <laughs> Jesus. Back in our days, we just smoked cigarettes. <laughs> fucking everybody, like, comparing the size of their vape cloud. Like, Competitive vaping is a thing. Yeah, no, I know. It's stupid. It's fucking dumb. Uh, Jen and Joey not smoking a cigarette on the balcony while the hurricane happens, but instead talking. I about wish there was a deleted penis. scene where that exists. That'd be cool. I, it wouldn't make it onto a DVD at this point, though. You know. No. And this is a nice moment because it's like for the first time in the show, like they're talking like two normal. No, that's not true, isn't it? No, they just had a conversation when Jen talked about how like she told Dawson was, she told Dawson that she was a virgin. Oh, not right. a virgin. Oh, that's right. And he flipped out in the last episode. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weirdly, again, talk about how big of a dick Dawson has. It is an interesting drop. Which I think is because Kevin Williamson, or Williams, which one is Williamson. It? Kevin Williamson is supposed to be the Dawson character. He wants everybody to know he's got a big dick. Well, no, they, they conclude slightly above average. Wow. <laughs> the, Kevin Williamson, as the writer, just wants people to know he doesn't have a tiny dick. No, above average. <laughs> he said, But she says slightly above average. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say it's like way above average or just above average. She said slightly above average. So everybody knows Kevin Williamson doesn't have a little dick. The next scene we transition to, I didn't notice this the first time I watched it through. I only caught it because we're pausing on it right now. Dawson is sitting on the floor picking up mitch's model of the restaurant well yeah what are you gonna do it's so sad well you can't just fucking leave it there very true but like it's like he's clearly sitting here picking up his family's like broken dreams i think that i think that's the metaphor (laughs) yeah and then here's another good uh you know we got uh grams being nice yeah but we also got unlikely character meetups in this one well you know he's white grams could be nice to another white kid yeah she's he's the future of the white race you gotta make sure that he's comfortable Oh, uh, they have like a weird old movie conversation. She talks about Frank Capra, and of course, he has to bring it back to Steven Spielberg. Have you seen that uh, Netflix documentary Five Came Back about uh, the famous directors who go off during World War II and make documentaries for the War Department? And no, it's like I want to mo- watch the ones about the ones that didn't come back. Yeah, what about the ones that didn't come back? Uh, anyhow, it's uh, five. It's like Capra. Um, William Wyler, a couple of different ones, but modern directors talk about him, and I do think Steven Spielberg talks about Frank Capra. But Grams is being nice to, you know, Whitey. So it shows that uh, she's like a a legit person deep down under all her gruff exterior. And she's a crazy racist. How Grams start out in this, starts out in this series is much different how Grams ends up in this series. We've left the uh, Dawson shit show. We're back at the uh, Pacey Tomorrow shit show. Where they've transitioned from the awkward, uh, let's talk about secrets game to actual Monopoly. And it appears for Doug here that Meg being into the arts a little bit's paying off for him. And it's just like, I thought I didn't give a fuck about this, like, this storyline before this episode started, but now it's like, now, like, Doug's been involved in it for three or four scenes, and it's just like, I don't care. I like Doug. Fuck Doug. Doug sucks. It all sucks. Fletches out Pacey. Yeah, <laughs> that, that Pacey's, like, 
Whatever, man. This isn't anything we didn't know about Pacey. No, it's just like we know like, that like Pacey gets shit on by his family. Of course Pacey gets shit on by his family. Pacey has Tamara and, um, convinced that Doug is gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Doug pulls out a fucking Doug gun. Doug freaks the fuck out, pulls out his gun, points it at his little brother in front of his little brother's teacher. By the way, his and fi- tells him... Tell her I'm not gay. Also, <laughs> finger his finger is on the trigger too. It's not, he's not doing like that thing where he keeps it where you're supposed to keep your finger away from the trigger unless you really are intending to shoot somebody. I like, really like. I wish this was a like not a podcast at this moment, just so our listeners could see the the image that's frozen on my TV screen right now. Like this is some like some like diehard shit. You know, Doug's like sweating and like pointing a gun at Pacey. No, and Pacey's and, response is almost better. And it's like. Doug, Doug is, it, there's nothing about his body language or face that says, I'm kind of fucking around right now. Like, he will shoot Pacey in the face if he does not tell her that like, This is, like, the Doug super intense right now. Like, <laughs> Pacey's only response was he does this kind of stuff all the time. Which, crazy. Gi- which gives you a little glimpse yeah. behind the... Uh, this is why Pacey's the way he is. His brother is always pulling a gun on him. Telling him <laughs> to, telling to tell people that he's not gay. Like, let's this wait, is watch, let's this watch this fire. quick draw action again. Like, he, For a termination, like, absolutely. He should no longer be a cop. But it's just like, what's he going to go do? Tell their dad? And the dad's going to be like, stop being such a pussy, Pacey. And then like the dad pulls out the gun, points it. <laughs> See, I, I point my gun at fucking Pacey all the time. Da, 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 da. And Doug just wants to go back to playing Monopoly. And Tamara's, Tamara, 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 is like completely freaked out. She's shaking. Like, she's like, like, what is wrong with the fucking winners? <laughs> well, it's like, at the very least, they don't have a uh, firm respect for uh, firearms and the danger contained Well, therein. maybe, you know, Doug is like Barney Fife, where, uh, you know, Chief Winter doesn't let him keep any bullets in his gun. He's got the bullet in his pocket. Uh, let's hope so. Either way, you shouldn't be pointing a gun at a child in front of their teacher. So I think now we have one of me the most. Uh, this is one of the better scenes in this season. I feel like definitely the best. Honestly, scene in this episode. Mitch and Gail. Anytime they're doing something, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Yeah, I mean this is like you know real emotional tough stuff. You know, Mitch knows it's Bob, and uh, it's raining. They do. They they do a really good job. Yeah, and and you can kind of see like. Where Dawson gets all that sentimental bullshit from. Like, like, <laughs> this idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, here's a man who really, really believes in love. Like, the very first time he saw her, he fell in love with her. You know, I've sort of felt it uh, here and there, but this scene definitely, definitely brings home the first time I was just really like, ah, oh, poor Mitch, man. You know, Mitch, uh, mm, he just, and he's a man of resolve. Like, Dawson, uh, has all the gets all the feels from Mitch, but none of the none of the uh, follow through, the stick itiveness and the follow through. I don't know. He's been working on that model for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and and Dawson's been working on him on on his movie for for a while. Are they done yet? We kind of walked away from that, didn't we? No, we're they're not done. He hasn't entered it in the Boston Young Adult Film Festival yet. So Gail and Mitch are seems like they're breaking up pretty good. I mean, yeah, the Mitch gets uh, really intense here, and only like uh, a little bit violent here at the end, you know. Hey. Well, he does. He threaten. He threatens he, violence. He warns her that, that he's she gonna, doesn't that leave. He's, that he's gonna hit, dude. No, he's yeah, gonna make little, her leave. I, think, I don't know what that means. He I mean, says physically remove you. 
Yeah, but you can't hit her. Yeah, you can't physically remove someone by punching them in the face. Not if you hit him hard enough. <laughs> Mitch is uh, Mitch is all brawn and no brains. Maybe you know he's got all those feels, but no, what I are you think... talking about? But Mitch, Mitch is all brain. No, I feel like Mitch was like a football player in high school. Oh yeah, but like so like we... a kicker or something. But no, do like... you see those guns? So uh, luckily, uh, Cape Side, the Hurricane Chris misses Cape Side. Everybody had to bunk, had to hot bunk together for no reason at all. Yeah. Wouldn't be great to see the next scene where Pacey and I mean where Joey and Bodie and Bessie go home and their house is just blown away. So and then and there you know, sunshine's come out. We're back at the Pacey tomorrow storyline, cleaning up the house. And Doug has the audacity to say to her, "Yeah, so sorry about the gunplay. Please don't report me." And she's like, "Nah, don't worry about it." <laughs> eh, you know, things get heated. <laughs> Family, <laughs> Family and stuff. Yeah. Sometimes when your brother's fucking me, I want to point a gun at his head. You know, he's not very good at it. Uh, Deputy Doug. Yeah, Gail's pretty catatonic here. You know, all of her chickens come home to roost. It's been a rough six hours for Gail. <laughs> but sixty-two days of uh, absolute pleasure before that. Yeah, it's like you know how bad am I supposed to feel for you? It's like just sixty-two days of banging. You know. Enter the lovely Jen. This is where Jen gives like a very um, much like Gail gave a very detailed description of what she uh, yeah we find out she had sex at twelve, essentially kind of raped. Yeah, uh, get, getting a twelve year old drunk and then having sex with them is not it's it's not uh, not the height of romance. <laughs> yeah, she really glosses over it though, like it was no big deal. But like the fact that she's saying it out loud, like this whole thing is just like, you know. You want to fucking you know, judge me for what I've gone through? Like this is this is what happened. This is the real shit. Deal with it. Don't judge me. Poor Dawson. Poor Dawson. Poor Dawson. <laughs> Shit was raped by an older man at that's twelve. At twelve. Uh, that's why I meant poor Dawson. Like he, no. just can't, he can't get his head out of his ass. It's a really like a powerful scene here from Michelle Williams, and um, I'm not a fan of the way it ends with. Uh, she like apologizes to him for lying, even though she didn't really. It's, she did lie to him. She did lie to him, but it's like none of his goddamn business. It was like the first time they met. But um, I don't like the way this little thing ties up here, especially after like uh, Jen gives a, such a passionate confession. You don't uh, like that they get back together? Not really. Dawson's like Dawson he, says he's sorry too. Yeah, but like he's totally gonna just like use her as an emotional crutch now. You know, he's got. Well, hard he's times. going through a lot. Yeah, and he's and he's able to he's able to They're not using each other as a crutch. They're that's what a leading, relationship is. They're leaning on each other for her support. That and uh, that that Dawson is, for the first time, sort of able to acknowledge that he has been a real fucking dick about this whole thing. Like that. Uh, that's think, that, that's a moment of growth. Uh, I think apologies come cheap from Dawson Leary. <laughs> really? I do. And I think Jen really needs Dawson right now. Yeah, needs fucking I think, somebody. I think her grandma is real mean to her. I also agree that. Jen does need Dawson because her only other crutch is Grams, and Grams has the same answer that every religious person has, which is you just need Jesus. And I think the other thing I don't like about the way that scene ties up is that Dawson, kind of, like, he does kind of wake up and see that he's been a dick, but he basically just does, like, the whitest excuse possible. He blames his parents. You know, like, I just, my parents were this way, and this is how I like to find love. And but that's how parents, it is. That's how shit yeah, works, well, though, I man. still think. Everything fucked up with you is because of your parents, Sean. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like he could have just apologized to Jen for his actions and not tried to explain them to her. Because he's like, uh, yeah, but his actions are pretty two-dimensional, you know? It's like, you told me, like, Dawson's all about honesty, then Jen tells no. him something and he loses his he's, fucking mind. He's trying to tell her, like, listen, this is the world I, you grew up in New York during the 90s, going to clubs, doing acts, 
doing a special K. And I lived in this, like, fantasy land with my parents banged all the time. Yeah, look at look at this fucking magic town I, yeah. I live in. It's, like, always the magic hour on the, on the creek. Right? There's not a bad angle to be shot from in this fucking town. Ugh. Pacey and Tamara tying things up again. <laughs> That's how I feel at the end of every episode we've done so far. Like, we gotta revisit Pacey and Tamara, and it's always fucking awful. And it makes me wish we didn't have to do it every time. Well, hopefully it's over soon. Pacey comes back and asks her a weird question. Like, what would you do differently? So, and that's where it kind of gives Tamara's excuse. Like, you know, she was married to like an abusive stockbroker guy, which is why she's abusing. She kid. should have said, if I had to do anything differently in my life, the one thing I would do differently is that the moment I kissed that 15 year old boy, I would choose not to. I should have. Not that is the him. answer to that question. The only dumber answer is Pacey's answer. Where she asked about him. What would you do differently? I'd be older. You can't do that. Dumbass. You fail in science too, Pacey. Jesus. <laughs> He's trying to be romantic. He's not doing a good job at it. Uh, nah, well, by the end of the scene, he seems like he's doing a pretty good job at it. Because he's like, point. what's the one thing you would do right now? And she's like, you. She's the D. The PD. The PD. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're just blatantly like holding each other in front of her house. And like, she lives by the beach. There are people on the beach. Checking uh, out the hurricane. And damage. she has neighbors. You know, and he is actually pretty charming in this scene. You know, it's... It's it's but it's very much an all or nothing kind of thing. It's like if you're into this uh, kind of sappy display of affection, and she clearly is because she's damaged, and yeah. Pacey's damaged too. Well, now he is. Well, I mean, she damaged I, him. Well, I don't well, know. I mean, Doug apparently he was unfazed by his brother pointing a loaded gun at his head. He does it all the time. <laughs> exactly. Right. So the you know the damage had been done. Yeah, he is a victim. And she saw that he was a victim, and then she victimized so him victimizing again. victimizing him. Because she herself was a victim. This is the cycle of abuse that needs to be broken. Pacey would later go on to molest a young child. That's how this story teacher. would end yeah. in real life. Yeah, Mitch goes somewhere. Where does Mitch go? He's at the house. Like no. He left. He left. Where did he go? Where do you think he drove off to? I bet he just probably drove around Capeside. Well, he left during the hurricane, so he had to hold up someplace, right? Yeah, like where Graham's did he house. Go? <laughs> he just went to, to fucking Graham's house. <laughs> That'd be funny, wouldn't it? It's like a play, uh, place where I can be fucking alone. He went to the hospital, hung out Gramps. You okay? What's your deal? Do you talk? <laughs> One of the, like, every, like I said, every episode just should end with somebody going to Gramps and just, like, saying, sp- stuff, to saying stuff to him. That would be a pretty good narrative tool. Yeah. And uh, this is actually a really great scene where Mitch is just like, I don't really want to talk anymore. Gail oh, I hear a... your dumb voice. And she says her stupid reason is shit. preposterous, and it really is. I don't know. I buy it. I, I buy, buy it. it, but it's like... She does a good job of again, delivering It's such it. like a white person problem. These are white people. They're the whitest people. This is her life. It's hard. Yeah, but you can... This is like just much you can see like from Mitch's reaction to things, how where Dawson gets like the, his romantic nature. This is where he gets his selfish streak. I don't know. Yeah. Bah. Bah. I still feel like you're blaming her for a... I feel I feel like Dawson gets his selfish streak from being 15. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 15-year-old boy. And an only child. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like his parents... It, it, pay- the whole world revolves around me because it does. It, it's not like his parents paying attention to him. Yeah, they probably had time. They're too busy banging. They're banging. And making models of uh, seafood restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And it's like... They, this is like the 90s. You don't have helicopter parents yet. Yeah. All these latchkey kids, man. Mitch, Gail delivers like a pretty passionate yeah. speech here. Yeah, she does a really good job here. So does Mitch. Really underplaying it. Real good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stay strong. 
Yeah, Mitt stays Which strong. I feel they should have ended the episode on that. But of course, they have to end the episode on Joey and Dawson. Yeah. yeah. Joey sits in weird places. She's yeah, in the closet. A... She's on top of tables. <laughs> She's <laughs> always curled up, too. Sad girl. Yeah, the the extra this extra Joey Dawson scene starts to make it feel like the end of like the fucking Lord of the Rings where there just keeps being more scenes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it's like shit, now somebody else has to fucking oh. talk to somebody else. Like the last like the last 10 15 minutes of this episode is just like, "Oh, it's just Dawson well, it's... singing a song." <laughs> And it's the same. It is actually the same conversation they have at the end of every episode, too. Yeah, we've grown up. Can't we just be kids again? Yeah, it's like no jerking off to Katie Kirk. Things are different now. They can't ever go back, Dawson. But things are different, guys. We have to. (laughs) They know somebody who's had two of their friends have both had sex. The age of elves is over. Like, age of man <laughs> age like, of man that's a big deal if like you found out two of your 50 percent of your group has sex and you did it you know i mean it's as kind of tired as the endings of like it's the best part as, as tired as it is like this is actually uh they kind of have some chemistry here like she's playing it really well and like doing like real cute Kate, uh, katie holmes face well it's like dawson is like changing right he's like Oh, recognizing like, other people's feelings because it's becoming empathetic towards them right and like he does this moment not for dawson he does this moment for joey yep but you know so they that, go- is a, that, that is a nice thing about yeah the second half of this episode where it's just like people people exist outside of dawson's own head so the weird part about this ending where they go into the closet and recreate the third act of Jaws, if they were, so he's this big of a Spielberg fan. No, I mean, he would, they would, first off, any of them would have the correct line. Smile, you son of a bitch is the right line, but they're like quoting it all out of context and like, they're just saying lines that are all over the place. Why wouldn't they actually like conversate? They, they can only afford so many lines. If you, I bet if it was something like, if you say it in the exact order, then you're like, then you're actually reciting it and you've yeah. got to like, yeah. And they, and James Vanderbeek says Spielberg so many times that old Steve is just on like the edge of his chair waiting to sue Kevin Williams. Son. That <laughs> that I think it's just one of those things where it's like not everybody like you, you fucking dork, are gonna know what the order of the lines are in. So they they're just like, hey, just say some lines that people would know from Jaws. I've only seen Jaws like in two thousand sixteen. Really? Yeah. I feel like every time I watch an episode of Dawson's Creek, I wanna watch Jaws afterwards. Do you want to watch Jaws now? That's bit. your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Jaws? Yeah. No, but I like it. Lost World. <laughs> he only produced that. So why is this your favorite episode, John? Um, we discussed this a little bit last week. I like any episode where like there's like a weird um characters mix, mix who don't talk to each other. I like that other. too, but like where there's kind of a weird scenery change. Like there's a backdrop that's a little bit different. It's all in the Leary's house. <laughs> yeah, but it's like there's a hurricane. There's like a thing that's happening, you know? That's why you like this is your favorite episode. You like episode because... where there's a doings afoot? Yeah, it's like it's a change of pace. It's like why I like all those episodes of ABC shows where they go to Disneyland, you know, Disney World in the 90s. Right, all the examples we had last week. Yeah, I, I like it. It's just... Uh, There's no emotional thing about this show, that it's an episode that you're like, oh, I like, oh, I like that. I like the way it's it... It's literally just because there's a... This is my favorite episode because there's a fucking hurricane. Part of it. But also, uh, I like how there's only two storylines. One of them is terrible. Uh, but we're forced to kind of... Uh, everyone has to kind of deal with each other in the, the Dawson in the house storyline. I mean, all the Pacey and Tuar stuff is just garbage throwaway stuff that no one's going to remember. But. I just like the uh, circumcision debate myself. <laughs> I feel like if you, when we start watching more episodes, you're going to be like, this is not my favorite episode. I said of this season. 
I don't think it's even the best episode of the season. That's a fun episode. It's not heavy. I mean, it is heavy. It is not... heavy. It is heavy. <laughs> that's a, like like that's a heavy scene at the end with Mitch and Gale. Mitch and Gale are maybe gonna break up. I don't know, man. I like Mitch it. has decided to hate Gale. That's fucking heavy. No, he decided not to love her anymore. No, he's decided I'm gonna hate. He's decided I'm gonna hate you now. Says it. Hate. I choose to hate you now. Yeah, he's like, and then choose, makes her, and then like threatens he her. Says love, he says, "Love's a choice." And it's like I, I, uh, I made that choice twenty years ago, and now I choose to hate you. So I enjoy this episode. Maybe it's. Just I mean, I liked game. it. I'm not, I'm not. It's not the best of the season. I've liked it probably the most of the episodes so far. No, but every episode you've liked more than the last one, right? Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. It just keeps getting so better. It just yeah. Overall, it just keeps getting yeah. better. It keeps getting better. Uh, I like everybody more. So all in all opinion, I'm in favor. Chris's favorite episode so far. Brian reluctantly likes it. No, I don't reluctantly like it. I like it. It's just not the best episode. All right. So uh, that is our episode for this week. And uh, we'll be back next week with episode six, baby. Um, so this is Chris. Brian. And I'm John. And we are the Dawson Dudes. Love anybody. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Fix it in the post.